0: Hello everyone, so this is Claire and this is going to be my very first podcast episode. Um, during this episode, I'm mostly, I'm going to be talking about a life experience that made a pretty big impact on my life. Also kind of led to me being able to find my passion and make it into what I do today. I actually have a photography business. I'm a dance photographer. Um, I'll give you like a kind of like a um, kind of back. I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. So um, I'm currently 19 years old. When I was 14 and just starting high school, I decided I wanted to start dancing. Just kind of random. I've never danced before. And I just wanted to try this out. So, I began dancing and I started from scratch. Like, I just, I was a complete beginner. Um, And then when I was 16, I think I was a junior in high school, I took a photography class. um, And I had already been into photography since I was like 12. We had like a family camera that I would always... um, play with and take just like random portraits and things like that. But um, I took a photography class in um, my sophomore year and my junior year. One day I took my camera out with two of my dance friends and we went out and took some pictures. And I did something new. I like tried a new lens and I don't know, it, it made me really excited to see the photos because they were different from what I had usually done before and they looked really good and I was really surprised. So that's kind of how my dance photography started. When I was 16 years old, I began a Instagram account for that and I started posting all of those photos on my Instagram account and following people from my studio, my dance studio and eventually everyone from my dance studio like so many people were reaching out to me saying they wanted to do a photo shoot so i was like okay i need to start charging for this so i didn't charge very much but i basically built my portfolio from all these people from my dance studio and it wasn't like this wasn't the peak of my my business yet it was just like the beginning eventually it was time for me to start figuring out what college I was going to go to. So my entire life I wanted to go to Hawaii for college. It was just like a thing that I wanted to do because I, and I especially wanted to do this now that I was in my senior year of high school because I wasn't really loving my life back home in the Bay Area, California. I was just, didn't have many friends. All my friends were dance friends, so I didn't have any friends at school, and I just wanted, I felt like this would be a new beginning to my life. I didn't think I was going to be leaving my business behind, actually. I thought that I would be taking it with me and doing shoots in Hawaii with dancers out there, and I thought that I would figure out what I wanted to do, but I didn't know if it was going to be dance photography. I didn't know if that, I didn't have like this feeling like, oh, I know that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I didn't know that at that time. I began in Hawaii and it was actually a really cool experience. My first month was really, um, it was really, really fun and I, I really enjoyed it. I was having fun. I was getting the college experience, but then, um, well, and then I was like, oh, I feel like I, Maybe want to join a sorority because I thought it would be a good way to make friends, and I wasn't really focused on like my photography at the time. I was just focusing more kind of on um, just this new adventure in my life. So it was just kind of like, oh, we're just gonna go with the flow and see what happens. And I and really what I was trying to find here is I was trying to find some kind of way of life that was going to make me happy because a lot of my life um, from like my teens and like up I, I had like dealt with a lot of mental health issues like anxiety and depression so I was really trying to find like go, by going to Hawaii I was thinking like I was really going to find a new a new way that I would be able to have better mental health so and for a while for that first month of college I was actually enjoying myself I was having a good time and um I was getting the college experience it was just everything was so new so it was just distracting me from like any kind of mental health issues that I had dealt with um before so I was feeling like it was working and then um so I, and I thought like this, um, sorority thing was going to be really good for me and I was going to make friends. So I decided to go to the, um, I basically checked out all the different sororities and, um, I didn't really know which one was going to be the best one. Um, I was like, okay, well this one I visited like a table that they had set up during like, um, during like a fair thing and they basically were they were super, super nice. These girls seemed very friendly and very, um just very open and like real. And I was like, you know what? I kind of I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this sorority because I I don't know. Like they seem a little they were um they were different from the main group of sororities. Um I think you pronounce it like panhellenic. I think that's how you say it. Um, so this sorority was not part of that, um, organization. It was a, um, what they call local sorority, so it was specific to Hawaii, and, um, I thought that would be, like, cool and, like, better for some reason. I just thought they, you know, I had, like, heard from the past, like, oh, yeah, like, they're, like, my mom was very, um, always warning me about sororities, like, oh, you know what, they're not good, she didn't like them, they just, they have a reputation of, like, hazing and things like that, and I always told my mom, like, they're, it's not like that now, like, in, I know people who have been in sororities, and, um, they're really nice people, and I just have never, I've, like, I thought that hazing was a thing of the past, so I really was, like, no, like, I'm gonna do this, and so, um, and I thought like, you know, like especially this sorority being a little different from the others, I was like, you know what, this one, that's probably like even better. Like this is probably going to be a really good sorority to join in and it's not going to have like, you know, any bad like, you know, reputations or any like anything like how my mom thinks sororities are. So I went to these, this sororities events they had like some get to know you events and I really really liked the girls I really I think it was I felt like I was going to be really good friends with these girls and we had several events like we went to the beach and it was a lot of fun and I got pretty close to some of these girls and I definitely was happy with where it was all going I was like, you know what? This is, this is really good. This is working out. They also, during one of the activities, they assigned us a big sister. So they called it your big, they called it your big and um, that person was a sister in the sorority who was basically going to be there for you and like Um, just kind of like, I didn't really know, honestly, but they were like supposed to be your big sister. And so, um, I was pretty close with my big sister. I thought she was really cool. And I also had a twin, um, who was just another, um, pledge like me or another girl who was pledging. And she was, um, she was, she also had the same big, so we were called twins and yeah there came a day when we it was called they basically the sorority told us um or so and when I say us I mean like the all the other girls that were joining with me so we were all like newbies and um they called us like rushies or um I think that's what they called us I don't know um I don't remember, but that's what they called us at the time, and so they told us, um, this next event was kind of like a surprise, and we were supposed to dress up, and, um, they, they were like, we're not telling you what this is gonna be, and, um, they, we carpooled, and they had us close our eyes, so I was kind of like, okay, like, this is, I'm not gonna open my eyes, this is, I'm gonna do what they're telling me to do, because, um, I just didn't, like, you know, and this entire time, like, when this stuff is happening, like, I really believed that this, like, this sorority was completely normal and that I wasn't doing anything, like, they weren't doing anything bad. It was just, like, all part of the, because it was just so, like, like, weird for me to think of that they would be, like, some type of bad kind of you know, thing from the past, because I didn't think that existed anymore. So when I'm doing this, when I'm going along with everything, I just didn't, and it, I didn't really think much of it, and I also didn't really, um, like, I didn't really predict it, because so far, like, all the events that I had been going to were completely normal. So this one, they're like, okay, close your eyes, and um, we sat in the car, they drove us somewhere, and we went to someone's house, one of the, like, alumni or, um, someone. And basically, this was the day when everything sort of changed in this, um, adventure for me. Um, so we got to the house and or we were basically told, like, beforehand, too, we had to memorize this, um, kind of pledge of thing and we were told like this thing was called like pledge installation but honestly like I had no idea what it was so um we got to the house and we were we still had to close our eyes so we were and then they told us all they like helped us all to sit on the floor and um I was like okay we're just gonna wait here and then they took one of us one by one Um, they took each of us to this room, and then they were telling, um, so basically when it was my turn, I went into the room, and they told us to open, they told me to open my eyes, and I saw there was only, like, 20 girls in this sorority, so it was very different from, like, other sororities, it was, like, a very small sorority, so all the girls knew each other, and it just seemed more, um, personal, so... Then we get into this room, I get into this room, and, um, they're all lined up creating this path, and the room is dark, and there's, like, fake candles everywhere, and, um, and pillows and stuff, and so, like, I get led, like, down this pathway, and, um, the president of the sorority, she, I think she was 26 at the time, She was um, at the end of the pathway and there was like a pillow next to her. So we were told we had to basically like kneel down before her and then um, perform our our memorized pledge oath. So. This was very, um, I'm like a very, like, I was always like an overachiever or not an overachiever, but like, I was always like, I'm going to do exactly like, you know, what was asked of me and I'm going to do it good. So I, I had memorized the entire pledge oath and I set it in front of the, um, president and I was good and I was like proud of myself. Um, and then they led us back into the room and we were, and I was done. So then, after that, they were like, "Okay, you guys are all like done. You can open your eyes," and they led us to the backyard of the house. And um, in this, during this, they gave us all like a black binder, and um, and one of the girls in the sorority, um, she was basically. They told us our pl- she was our pledge um mistress pledge mistress so um she was basically like in charge of us pledges that's what they called us now that we said this pledge oath so um this is all happening and like i'm just kind of like okay this is a little weird but like i still didn't think much of it because like you know i was just going along with it with it and i trusted these girls so i really didn't think much of it and then Um, they gave us this book and the pledge mistress started talking to us and telling us all these things. And they were like, okay, now that your pledge is, you are going to have to do all of these things. She was going over these things and they were just all, they all seemed very, um, I'm going to tell you what these things were, but they all just seemed very like kind of like not real. And it seemed like a joke kind of at first. And I was kind of, I don't know, I just didn't think very, like I didn't, I didn't think it was real, and I was kind of like, okay, um, this is interesting. But basically, the things she was telling us were, okay, so now whenever you see one of the sisters around campus, you're gonna have to um, go up to them, and you're gonna have to perform this, this um, greeting. They called it a greeting, and it was basically like. Um, it was basically, like, a chant, almost, with, like, hand motions and everything, and so they, so she just went over it. She didn't, like, like, you know, go into it too much in depth, and then, um, so she's like, okay, you're gonna have to memorize this, and I was just kind of like, uh, okay, and then, basically, she said, that was, like, the main thing that I remember was, was the greeting, but, um, there were other things that we were going to have to memorize, and, um, she basically said all of these like kind of limitations, like, oh, you weren't allowed to, um, you weren't allowed to date any of the guys from the fraternity as a as a pledge. You weren't allowed to drink as a pledge because if they found you, if they if they found out that you had, then you could be dismissed. And um, they had all these different things that you could and couldn't do. And then they explained that the black binder that we got um was basically our um I don't I forget what they called it but it was basically um a thing where they could keep track of points for us so whenever we like whenever we did something good or did something like performed well or did you know whatever then they would give us points that, to write and then we had to write them down in our binders and then anything that we did bad or if they needed to you know kind of teach us something on how to do something then we then that we did wrong then they would give us black points and we had to write those in our binder so anyways um this was all happening and i was kind of like um i i was kind of in shock i wasn't really or i don't know i guess it didn't really hit me that it was all like real and that they were being real so then they they tell us, okay, we're going to practice our greetings. And now you're going to have to go in the house and you're going to have to greet every single sister that's in the house. And you're going to ask them how they would like to be called. So I was like, okay, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but I go inside the house and, um, my twin and I are like, all right, let's do this together. Um, let's go up to these people and do the greeting and my twin was kind of just, I was kind of like, okay, um, yeah, let's do this, and she was kind of mostly doing it all, I wasn't really sure what to do, I was kind of just like, um, I don't really know what to do, so she goes up to these people, and she's, she's, she was like, my twin was a very cool person, she was always just kind of like, she took everything super lightly, almost as a joke, and she just kind of was like, whatever, I'm gonna do this, so she goes up to the, to, um, we were supposed to do our big first, I think, and we go to our big and she goes and she, everything's like really serious and we could tell like something kind of changed. We practiced the greeting and we asked her what she would like to be called and she said, you're supposed to call me Biggie. So we were like, okay, this is Biggie. And, um, that was kind of like, uh, I was kind of like, okay. Um, yeah. And so basically, each sister wanted, had like a nickname um, that they wanted to be called. So, like, our Biggie was Biggie, or our Big was Biggie, and then um, our Grand Big, which is our Big's Big, um, is our Grand Biggie. So, we were supposed to call her that. And then um, some people were just like, they just put Sister in front of it, like Sister So and so, or they changed their name up. And some even have, like, some of the like really. Outgoing ones even had like curse words in there. So I was kind of like this has to be a joke I'm, really not sure like she was just we went up to this one girl and she's like you can call me this and I was kind of like um this like I was just kind of like in shock so We started greeting these people and they also wanted to um They also each would have different versions of the greeting So they would say like okay when you greet me you're going to Um, You don't have to draw or do the little heart thing curtsy at the end or you um, you need to not say um, this part and um, and we were also supposed to make sure we got the time of day right so because the greeting started with like good afternoon so and so or good um, good morning and we had to get that right or they would point it out so. I'm learning all of this and we're going around and greeting these people and it starts to get like really like overwhelming for me because I'm starting to realize like this is real. Like all of these, these sisters are being really, really serious about this. And I wasn't really doing much because I was very uncomfortable with it. So my, my twin was, when I was walking around with her, she was mostly kind of talking and doing most of it. So, I'm just like, I get to the point where I feel very just overwhelmed and um, it's, if you don't know, I'm actually an introvert and a lot of people think I'm an extrovert because I'm very, um, I like to talk a lot and I'm very outgoing when I'm meeting people and during with my job and everything, but I'm actually an introvert because I um, get my energy when I'm alone and I get tired out when I'm with people for too long. So I just lose energy. So I was starting to lose energy here and I was kind of like my brain was kind of getting fried and I was like I don't really know what to do. People are expecting me to talk to them and do this and there I just felt a lot of pressure. So I was like, okay. I'm going to sit down for a second and I told my twin like I need some water and I'm just going to sit down. And um what happened then is i was just like holy moly i sat on the couch there in the in the house and i was like this is super super weird i don't know what's happening i feel very uncomfortable right now and i feel like pressure because I feel like I need to get up and be doing this because they're going to tell me, ask me, what are you doing? They're expecting me to do this. So I'm sitting there. I probably looked really distressed because my grandbig came up to me and was like, Oh, are you okay? And I was like, I think I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> I literally said that. And she was like, Okay. And she leaves. And, um, the next moment, the pledge mistress comes. And honestly, I was kind of, like, scared of this lady at this point because she was very serious about everything. She was very tall, very, like, kind of, like, just a bigger, like, person. So she was just kind of, like, this scary, like, I don't know. She was kind of, she was kind of scary. So she comes up to me and she, like, grabs me or just grabs my hand and, like, takes me outside and she's like, Are you okay? And I honestly didn't expect this, but for some reason I start crying. And I'm like, I'm just like, this is embarrassing. I'm literally crying in front of this lady and she's like, I know it's a lie. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> and um then she leaves and gets my my big sister big person. Um, and she comes outside and sits with me and talks with me about this all. And she's like, yeah, like when I was going through it, it was very, um, it was very like, I, I just, um, was like, what the heck is happening? When I was, I just thought it was really weird. And she was like, what do you, what did you think when you walked in that room with the candles? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And then she was like, be honest. I thought it was really freaking weird. And I was like, yeah. And I was just kind of like, I don't really know what's going on. I was just in shock. So she, she explains to me, I, I explained to her, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this greeting. That was the biggest thing for me was the greeting. Um, I was just like, this is not, this is out of my comfort zone. Um, I felt really silly doing it and the way they were treating it all so serious was just very um, anxiety producing for me and I was like I don't know how I can go up to these people every time I see them and do this like I was just very very stressed out we also had to they also gave us these pins when we were in the room and we like after we'd said the oath and they put these pins on us and when we were like in the backyard they told us like these pins you're supposed to wear them like all the time except for when you're sleeping or showering or whatever and um and if you like you could not forget your pin like you had to wear it to class and if a sister saw you without the pin then they you know like it was gonna be bad so I was wearing this pin, all of this weight was kind of put all on my shoulders at once, and I didn't really know um, what I was going to do about it because it didn't occur to me that this was like, it didn't occur to me at all that I w- should leave and not do this. I felt trapped, I felt like I needed to do this because. Um, I didn't want to quit this sorority. I was already close with these girls. I was close with my big. I was close with my grand big. And I just didn't want to leave. So that was not an option for me at this time. Um, instead, I was like, okay, I have to do this. And I was very stressed out. So time goes on. Um, I have a really rough, I had a really rough couple of days after that, um, I think the, that day kind of triggered my mental health, and it was only, it kind of went downhill from there, um, I was slowly getting, like, a little bit better at doing the, um, the greetings whenever I saw a sister on campus, but it was really taking a toll on me, and the stress was just getting to me, and I was just really not, okay, so I, I was, you know, my depression was triggered, and I was really not doing well, and then, um, basically, we have this meeting, um, that we were told that we have to prep for, there was this meeting, and they called it a calf. and basically, what this was, was, um, I mean, we didn't know what it was when we were going into it. We were just told we had to memorize these certain things. We were going to have to say the pledge oath again. We had to have it memorized this time if we didn't have it memorized the first time because we were supposed to memorize it the first time. And and also we had to like memorize the alphabet, the Greek alphabet and all this other stuff. And so we go to this, this meeting. They also wanted us all to match. So we all had to, we all bought the same shirt from like the bookstore And, um, we go to this, this meeting, this meeting was kind of crazy. So basically it was like very, again, it was very, very serious. And, um, we had to stand kind of, we, they put us in alphabetical order. We had to stand in line and they treated it very much like it was almost like military training or whatever. I don't know. But they basically were like, um, like if we started laughing at something or something happened, they would like yell at us and be like, you guys cannot laugh. That is super disrespectful. Keep your hands at your sides. You can't be moving around. Um, all this other stuff, like they were like, this is not funny. Like if you messed up, um, perf- or, uh, mem- when you were saying, saying some of the, some of the things you had to memorize and you messed up, um, they were like, this isn't funny. This is like, you know stop laughing and all this other stuff they made us stand in this room for a long time while they all sat in front of us in like this line and so um and then also at the beginning of this meeting we had to greet each of the sisters in the meeting um all together so we all had to be in sync and we all had to practice greeting and then if they if we messed up they're like she didn't want to be called this she wanted this or she wanted this in the greeting and we would have to do it over and over again until we got it right so by the time we were done with the greetings and it took a long time to get done with the greetings um we i just felt super stressed out and i was like this is this is really crazy. I was getting overheated in the room because it was super hot in there. They didn't have any fans, we were just standing there. So, um it was a long meeting. It took about 2 hours, I remember. And we stood there the entire time doing all these things. The greeting took, I don't know how much the greetings took, like but it was a really really long time. So that was like half of it. And then the second half was us like saying the pledge oath, and them going over certain things, and then, um, then it was over, and, um, I remember just being, I remember my grandbig took me and my friend out to dinner that night, and I just remember being kind of quiet in the car, and just thinking, like, this is, like, this is interesting. I just felt very like, not, like this wasn't right. And when she was asking me like, oh, what did you think? I told her, I was like, this just feels really kind of not like, it just felt really wrong to me. I remember I literally told that to her. I felt, I said, it felt very not right. And, and by the way, I am going to say like, um, my grand big, I adored. I thought this, um, girl, she, I think, I think she was like 21 at the time. I was 17 at this time, by the way, forgot to say that. Um, I was still 17. I was a freshman in, in college and, um, she basically, um, was like this really cool person that I really, really looked up to. And I thought we were very similar in a lot of ways. She was a very creative, artistic person, um, and we were both very, um, I don't know. We, we liked, I liked to talk to her a lot. I thought she was really, really cool. I thought we were more similar than how, ha- than I was with my big. Um, and slowly I had gotten kind of even closer to my grand big than I was with my big because she seemed to understand me more. And, um, she was, you know, she was, she seemed like a legit person to me and she seemed, I, I just really looked up to her and trusted her. And so after this meeting, I was talking to her and, um, she's basically was like, yeah, like, I know what you mean. Um, so I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this I'm my sister. And she said, well, you really can, um, decide like how you want to be. So, Like she was referring to some of the other sisters who were more strict and she was like, you know, like those people are a lot more, um, you know, strict. But personally, she was saying, I don't like to talk as much during those meetings. I like to just kind of um, be one of the more, you know, lenient ones and not, um, you know, she was just more of the ones that go along with it. Uh, one of the sisters that kind of go along with it. She's not the ones that, she's not one of the ones that kind of, um, are like the ones yelling and, and just, you know. So she was saying basically, you, you, yeah, it is hard, but when you're a sister, you can really choose who, like how you want to be. Um, and so, but still I was kind of like, well, you're still like a part of it. So I just, I didn't say that, but I was just kind of like, this is very strange, but I really, really trusted this girl and, um, who was my grandbig, And I was just like, all right. Um, and I just, I, um, I literally adored, like I, I wanted to spend as much time with my grandbig as possible because I was just, I just thought she was super cool and she was also, you know a sister. So she was like, she knew about all the things and she knew what I was going through and, um, as a pledge. And so I just liked to talk to her and I thought, you know, she was kind of like the person who was there for me. Um, while I was kind of struggling to get through this, um, this new world that I was kind of thrown into. Um, and, that's kind of essentially what it was, is they kind of threw us into this whole new world where they psychologically trained us to, to be in this constant state of stress. And um, it was kind of like this whole thing where like you couldn't escape so I confided I confided in my grand bag with a lot of what I was going through i and also with my bag. they both knew I was struggling with this whole process and and I honestly was not doing good mentally during this um as well. it was just like my depression was like you know coming back, and I just was not and they knew I was struggling and I was talking to them about it and I just was not but I wanted to be I didn't want to quit and um, I I remember my big thinking telling me oh yeah I, I was worried that you were gonna quit and I was like no I'm not gonna quit like I could never these girls like I love these girls Um, I just would never quit because I'm part of this group now and I just didn't want to be left friendless. And I had made all these connections with these girls because because really these girls made it seem like they really cared about us and that they really, um, you know, like we had these relationships with these girls, but at the same time they were like making us feel because now I now when I look back I was like thinking about what how I was feeling I just remember feeling very inferior to these girls and that's how they wanted us to feel basically they told us that um this process was that was meant to be so that you could get closer to your pledge sisters um it was supposed to to um kind of urge you to confide in your pledge sisters and your pledge sisters were like the fellow girls that were pledging with you that were um newbies so they wanted us to get close to our pledge sisters because they were going to be with us when we were sisters they were part of our class and I think they truly believed in this process because they um I think it was just like it has to do with psychology and like group psychology and just Everything just seemed like they put themselves in this position where they were okay with and they made it feel, they made it seem like it was okay to be able to do these things to us and make us feel this way in this world where we felt inferior and that they were superior and that we had to greet them every time we met them and that we had to treat them a certain way. We had to we could never call them by their real names or they would get mad at us um, they were allowed to email us they all had our emails they were allowed to send us um, black points or star points or whatever they were called um, so really we were just we the whole process just made it feel like they were superior and we were inferior and that was how it was supposed to be. So I'm really struggling with with it all and what happened one day is my pledge mistress texted me while I was in class and she said can you meet me and you're a big and the president at this area in the school at 3 30 or whatever time it was um so I was like okay this is interesting And, um, at this time, like my big was kind of being more withdrawn and she was not really, um, in the beginning, she was really there for me. And then as I started to struggle more and more, um, she just kind of started to withdraw a little bit. And, um, my grandbig was always there for me. So that's why we, you know, she was always there to talk to me about these things. So that's why I kind of got closer to her. And so, um, when this happened, um, I met the, my pledge mistress and my big and my, um, and the president. And basically they told me that they realized that I was really struggling with this whole thing and they think it would be best if they let me go. In that moment, I was absolutely shocked I was completely broken because I did not want to leave and I sat there and I cried and I begged for them to let me stay and the president, um, I I had never talked to her before. I'd never talked to her about what I was going through so it was just kind of shocking that she was there and she was kind of, um, they basically accused me of all these things. They made me feel like I was a really bad person for struggling. Basically, they were like, um, basically they were like, why are you, um, talking to these, you know, our sisters and not getting professional help, and why are you, um, you're, you're like putting, you're, you're being so selfish, um, you know, like, why are you, like, you're trying to, we're not gonna let someone try to take down our sorority, and all of this stuff they basically said to me, and my big was there through it all, and I was like, you know, like, did you tell, like, did you, like, I don't, I didn't understand, like, like, I thought she knew what I was going through, and I thought she would stand up for me and kind of say, like, no, she's not trying to take down the sorority or anything, obviously. Um, I was pretty harmless. I was a little 17-year-old, and honestly, I just couldn't believe what they were doing, and I felt so bad, and just so, like, I wanted to be a part of this, and the president, like, it was obvious that the president and the pledge mistress had been talking with, like, other sisters, and, like, my big and my grand big, and just took things differently, and they were, like, well, I guess they heard, you know, what was going on, and they just kind of twisted it, and so they thought I was just some, like, evil person that was basically begging for attention, trying to take down the sorority. So that's, that's basically what happened. And so I basically begged to stay. Eventually what happened is they let me stay for a little bit, but then they started treating me like really horribly. So they were like, you're not invited to this event and you're not, you can't do this, and we'll see, we'll let you know if you are, and then, um, basically, um, they started ostracizing me, and all this, all these rumors started forming about me, like, that, um, and it was, it was starting to get out to the sorority, all the rest of the girls, and it was getting out to, um, you know, the, it was getting out to my pledge sisters, too, So then that night I, I was like, okay, I need to talk to my big. And so I talked to her and I was like, what happened? And she told me what happened. So basically what happened is all of the sisters in the sorority apparently voted on whether or not to let me stay. And I just had a really big problem with that because I wasn't talking to all of these sisters. I was only confiding in my grand big and my big about what I was going through. And so the fact that they brought it up to all the sisters and basically said what they thought was going on, they probably were like, oh, well, this girl is doing this and she is probably trying to take down the sorority or whatnot. But they basically voted whether or not to let me stay the entire sorority, which was very, very very shocking to me, because I just was like, wow, they all voted on me, like, this is, this is very strange, and they don't even know me, and I've never even talked to them, so how would they even know, like, how would, like, it just didn't make sense to me, and so then she said, well, you know what, it's over, and you are here, so let's just, you know, it's, let's just get through this, and um, yeah, that was it, and ever since, like, then, me and my, me and my big kind of lost, like, our connection, or, um, like, our relationship was just kind of broken, not the, not the same, it just felt kind of fake after that, um, I just, and that's why I slowly got you know, closer with my grandbig because she was the one who I would talk to and she was always there for me and she seemed so similar to me. She seemed like she understood everything that I went through. She was there for me. I talked to her about everything that happened and she was like, I know, like it all seems so wrong and I'm trying to I she said I'm trying to um change things. Um I'm trying to get things, you know, changed, but it's not a super fast process and i was like okay well you know like it's just so wrong and i and i knew i felt like she really understood me so one night one day i'm planning on going to this event that they're holding for the pledge sister for the pledges and for the sisters and it's like this arcade place or whatever and 2 hours before the event i get a text from the president saying Hey, Claire, I don't know if you were planning on going to this event, but we think it's best if you don't go and if you focus on your school instead of, you know, this. And what they thought is that I was, they thought I was struggling in school and they thought because of this that like my grades were dropping and that everything, like, and that I was letting this happen, like it was my fault. And to be completely honest, I was stressed, and I was struggling with school, but I didn't have horrible grades. Like I was, I was afloat, and um, so I was kind of like, like I'm fine. Like I, you know, like I got my my shit together. Um, and I was, you know, and they were like, we think it's best if you work on memorizing your stuff for the next calf, um, because the next calf is gonna be. We're going to see if you should still stay in the sorority. And I was like, what? I thought we already went over this. I thought, like, you know, I was allowed to stay. I don't understand why we're going to decide on this again. And I was like, well, I have everything memorized for the cast. So I really am not worried about that. If they're like, they she basically said, like, your performance in the next calf is going to be what determines um." if you're going to stay. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be fine. Like I have this all memorized. And, um, so I just kind of broke down that day. I was talking to my grandbag. I was like, this is just a mess. Like, um, I just don't understand why they're not letting me come. Um, I, you know, I have everything memorized for the calf. I don't understand why they're not, um, why they're trying to decide if I should be let go. Um, but basically what was going on and as this was happening, I was kind of finding my voice and I was kind of thinking like, this is all really wrong. Why are they treating me like this? Like this is, this is a mess. So I was kind of speaking up a little bit about it. I was telling my grand big everything and I was like, this is all wrong. And, um, I guess that was getting, you know, it was, people were realizing that and, um, that's probably why they were like, okay, we're gonna second guess this. Like, we don't know if she should stay because she's causing all of this uprising and, like, all of this, which I wasn't. I was just kind of like, what is, like, what is going on? Like, they, and I had realized at that point, um, after then, um, after they had let me stay, I realized that it was wrong that they had even, like, tried to let me go. I was like, this is, I literally did nothing they asked they treated me like I was some kind of criminal and I was I'm just dealing with like my own issues here trying to stay afloat through all of their what I didn't know or what I didn't think then but what was hazing really and so so I told some of my pledge sisters what had happened um and they seemed to be on my side and it was just it was just, I thought it was crazy, and I was like, why is this going on? Like, I just, this is wrong, and I think that's kind of what led them to think, okay, well, we need to decide if she's going to stay again or not. So, okay, so this is what happened. So, basically, um, that event that night about where where they went to the arcade or whatever, Um, that happened and I had to stay home. And then, um, that night, two girls, two of my pledge sisters came to my dorm and were like, I want, we want to talk with you. And I was like, okay, all right. What do you like? What's up? And they confronted me with all of these rumors. Um, they were like, you said this and you said all of this and we think you're, lying about this and um basically ap- apparently during the entire event everyone was talking about me. Now, if you if you know me, you know that I absolutely absolutely hate drama. And that's why this was so much for me to handle because I was basically I became the center of attention in the sorority. Um, just because I was struggling with my mental health and I just became this criminal and everyone had rumors that they thought were true that I things that I said that I didn't say and everyone was making this huge big thing about me and it was just so shocking to me because I I just I hate this kind of stuff and I don't know if if um But I, I'm also really obsessed with psychology and like the Myers-Briggs 16 personality test. And, um, I, my personality type is an INFP. So I'm what they call the mediator. So (laughs) the mediator, you can, you know, kind of ref, you can kind of think like, well, I, if you, if you read about it, like I, just hate drama I'm always about trying to make peace with everything trying to find out you know what what is what is fair for everyone but then at the same time I'm very very um I I stand up for what I believe is right and um that's one of the key personality things traits about my personality is that I'm a very easygoing, non-judgmental person. Um I love to be friends with everyone. I never have any kind of issues with anyone unless they have like done something to me. The only the only um time I ever get really um fired up is when my values are being questioned. So I was kind of being I was a little fired up about this sorority and what they were doing to me. Um so I think the fact that I was um, kind of speaking out about it and kind of being like, okay, well, what they did to me is makes no sense. Like, they tried to get rid of me when I was just, I literally did nothing. They didn't even talk to, to me and they voted about me and all of this stuff I was thinking and it was, I guess, kind of not, it was a little too much for them. So... But at the same time, I was really dealing with my... Men- I was really struggling with my mental health. So it was kind of this, like, mix of me being, like, really, um, really like, confident about, like, oh, they're doing the wrong thing and I need to stand up for that. But then I was also kind of struggling with my own mental health. So I was... It was just this really weird mix. And um, so that night, um, it was just kind of like I... Basically, they were in my dorm, they were yell- They it turned out that one of the girls started yelling at me because she was really, really upset and mad about what happened, and I was like, I did not say that. She's like, yes, you did, because I talked to these girls and they all said the same thing, that you said the same thing. And I was like, completely confused and just not, like, I just, I didn't know what she was talking about, and I completely, honestly, just knew that this was just a crazy thing. And I knew that I was not, you know, a bad person. I knew I was not a bad person. I knew that this stuff was not me. I knew it was them. This, this was just and inside. I just, I knew that it wasn't my fault and it just really, so what happened that night is I ended up running out of my room because I couldn't, I told her, I was like, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to let you yell at me. And I'm not going to just sit here and listen to you yell at me. And so she just kept on yelling. So I went straight out of my dorm and left them both sitting on my roommate's bed. And I left my phone in there and my shoes. So I didn't have, I literally ran out and like walked around the quad of the freshman dorms and just kind of like did my own thing for a little bit, didn't even have the key to my room. And so when I came back, my ho- luckily my roommate was there and she let me in. And um, that night was just a really hard night for me. Then the calf was coming around the corner, the meeting, the calf. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I really want to stay um, because... But everything's just falling apart and I just... Didn't know what to do. Everything was just, you know, falling apart. My big was just angry with me for not confiding within her anymore. But the reason why I wasn't was because she was just kind of being closed off and she was kind of upset that I was talking to my grand big more than her. But she just wasn't being understanding to whenever I tried to talk to her about what was going on and why I was you know feeling the way I was feeling she started to be more on the sorority side and she was thinking well why are you doing this and why are you doing this other stuff why were you talking to these girls like she just didn't understand it all and she started to think that or at least what I felt like she was thinking was that I was a bad person and I wasn't the best little or little sister that, you know, she had hoped for. And so, um, so the calf was coming up and I decided that I wanted to talk to the president by myself and tell her my story and see if she would, you know, um, understand me. So I went and I talked to her. She was very nice. She was a very nice person. Honestly, I didn't think all of these, like I didn't think these sorority girls were bad people. They were all super nice, super sweet. I really loved a lot of them, most of them. And um I just think this whole psychology thing, this group psychology thing, it just kind of changed their mindsets on what they believe is right and wrong. And it just, you know, like, I just, I, ne- I never believed that they were bad people, um, but I was talking to this president. She was very kind, and um, I was telling her what happened, and she was understanding, and then she was like, okay, well, here's the deal, and this was the, this was the day of the calf. This was, I actually skipped some of my classes to talk to this president, and she said, this is the deal unfortunately they're planning to drop you tonight before the calf you need to go and she said you need to go talk to your pledge mistress right now and tell her everything you told me and um i was like well I was freaking out because I was like, I do not want to be dropped. Like this is like, they told me that my performance at the calf is, you told me my performance at the calf was going to be what decided if I was going to stay or not. Like they, now they're not giving me a chance. Like what? And so she told me I needed to go talk to my pledge mistress. So I called my pledge mistress. I'm in distress right now. So I'm like, okay, I need to talk to you. I don't even greet her when I meet her. I don't say the little greeting because I'm like, you know what? this shit is real and we need to talk and I'm in distress here. I'm dealing with a lot of crap right now and I, there's no freaking way I'm going to sit here and um, do my little greeting for you. So I was just like, all right, here's the deal. Told her everything that's happening, told her my entire story and at the end, she just kind of, her demeanor changed and she just was a lot more soft and like understanding. And she was just like, okay, well, I will talk to the, to the sisters and tell them what you told me. Um, but right now you should go get cleaned up and get ready for the calf. And she was just a lot more like, like just, you know, it was like, she just changed and all of a sudden she cared about me. And so, which I don't know if she really did, but it's okay. So I go back, I have like 30 minutes to get ready for the calf And I go back to my dorm, put on my outfit, fix my hair and my makeup, and get to the CAF. And I'm like, all right, like, you know what? They're probably going to drop me. I'm thinking this as I'm walking to the CAF back on campus. And I'm thinking, they might drop me. There's literally nothing I can do right now. Like, I just remember thinking, like, you know what? If they drop me, is it really the end of the world? Like, you know, like it's whatever. There's like I just felt like this kind of submit submission feeling of like, you know what, they might drop me and maybe I'll accept it. Cause before I just was not accepting it, that the possibility that I just didn't want to be a part of, didn't want to not be a part of the sorority. So I get to the calf. We practice. I'm practicing with my pledge sisters. A lot of them aren't talking to me because of all the, the stuff that went down the other night about the rumors and just, yeah. So then they call me in. My big comes and gets me, and she says, Come on in. And I'm standing there in the meeting room with all of the sisters sitting down surrounding me and they said this is what we think we think we don't want and this is what the the president told me she said we don't want you to be punished for your dealing you know with like your mental health like we don't want you to be punished for for this and basically like oh we're like it just felt weird like oh like we're you know we don't want you to like, we know our sorority is, like, you know, rough, and we don't want you to have to deal with us anymore. Um, that was their nice way of saying it. And so I basically said, you know what, like, I, don't, I forget what I said. I just remember standing there and then saying, like, I think I said, like, I love all you guys, or something like that, and I gave them my, and I just, I gave them my pin, because they told me to give them the pin and the binder, and I left, and I walked outside, my big came out, and like, I, I don't know what she said, she just said, oh, I'll talk to you later, um, and I left, went back to my dorm, was completely, um, you know, like, just no emotions, wasn't crying at all, um, just sitting in my in my dorm and just thinking, wow, like, this is, you know, this last two weeks, this had all happened in two weeks, like, just thinking, wow, this last two weeks, these last two weeks have been crazy. After the calf, my grand big texted me, and she said do you need a hug? I can come over and just, you know, that, and she's like, I can't stay for very long, but I can come give you a hug, and I was like, sure, so she comes to my dorm, and I end up just, like, losing it, and just started crying, and, like, bawling everything out, just literally cried, probably more than I've ever cried in my life. And she was there through it all. Like we sat in her truck and I just cried, literally just was like, I just don't know. Like, this is crazy. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. Um, I just didn't know what I was going to do. And I just, this was just a crying sesh for me. She was there for me. She really just kind of like let me cry um, played some music to cry to, and yeah, that was, um, that was, you know, that night, and, um, she actually, I think I had, like, an essay due that night or, like, something, and, um, she emailed my teacher for me and was like, you know what, she has gone through something, that's leaving her in emotional distress and she can't complete this assignment like and she basically um you know reached out to my teacher for me she's like I'll send him an email and really like my grandbig was just like the best like I just loved my grandbig literally so much because she was like real she wasn't like the other sisters where everything was just like this whole little psychological world she my grandbig was more than that and she really cared and was just this really caring person who wanted, you know, to help others. And she just, um, she was really there for me. And, um, that was that night. And eventually I kind of was like, all right, well now I'm not a part of this sorority and got to make something out of my life now. And what I didn't realize is that I really didn't have, too many other good connections outside of the sorority because I'd spent all my time with the sorority girls, um, and everyone had already made their own little friend groups and my roommate was friends with other girls that I wasn't really like, um, wasn't very similar to my roommate, so we had a hard time kind of getting, um, you know, it wasn't, didn't really feel natural to hang out and it was just, you know, I was just kind of living through this like empty kind of, um, time after I was dropped. And most of the girls from the sorority didn't talk to me after that. Um, some of them did and the ones who did eventually stopped. Um, they, you know, I was just kind of left to my own, um, vices. And my big, um, my big stopped talking to me. I don't know. I think, um, I think what happened is I think it was rough on her as well, Um, just losing one of her littles and then just having to go through all of this and being torn in between both sides. Um, I think it was hard for her and her way of dealing of things was just kind of to let things go and just kind of forget about them. So for her, I think it was just best not to talk to me because I think she, you know, I think it was just too much for her, and so, um, for me, it was, it really hurt, because I want, like, I wanted to talk to her, I missed her, and, um, I just was, I was hurt by it, but my grand big still talked to me, um, for most of the part, um, and, um, but after, the, after I was dropped, my mental health really, um, took a downward spiral and got worse, and, um, it, I think it was a lot for my grandbag to take. She was getting kind of, like, fed up with me for not, um, not, not getting better, but just not, like, I don't know. It's just, I, if you've ever been with someone who's, like, depressed or whatever, and you just, Um, it's hard to be a friend of someone who is depressed because you want them to feel better and you want them to, you want to do everything you can, but there's not really much you can do. So I think that was how it was for her. And, um, it was just not a good, it kind of made our relationship go in a downward spiral as well. So, um, one day we had like an argument and, she left, and that was the last day I ever saw her um it was it was hard because um it was just hard for her and then um after that, she didn't talk to me like she didn't respond to any of my texts because I think um she just was very you know she needed to focus on herself and she just but at the same time like it was very, very hard for me to lose the one person that I was that I knew was there for me. So this, so my grand just really, she just, um, stopped talking to me. So I really had no one to talk to and I had no, I really didn't have many friends. I was really pretty alone. Um, and I was going through school, um, trying my best to get finished out good grades and was just really not having a good time. Like it was just, not, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was, my life was just a mess, and I just didn't, wasn't, you know, didn't really have, like, a purpose or, like, any meaning to my life at that point. It was just very, like, I just was having the most difficult time of my life, and my roommate, we ended up having issues, and, um, she ended up moving out because she, knew I wasn't confiding in her about what was going on in my mental illness, and she felt like it was kind of stressing her out. She wanted to help, um, and she couldn't, and I wasn't really confiding in her because we had had arguments, and she just wasn't someone who I wanted to talk to about it, and so she ended up moving out, and I was all alone, even in my dorm. Nobody was living with me, had no friends, and it was just honestly, and I hit rock bottom, and I was at, like, the worst space I've ever been in my life, so... Now's the point where it's like, all right, how did you turn this around, Claire? Like, what did you do? Because obviously today, like, I am 100% better and just living my dream life right now. Um, it was basically like what, what I was thinking at that point was there was one day when I was like, well, what do I do now? Like, there's literally nothing I can do except try to make things better for myself however I possibly can and that was the choice I made I was like all right we're gonna try we're gonna just get through this as much as every life sucks right now we just have to kind of get through it and um, I was like I, I acknowledged that life really sucked at that point and I was like this sucks this is like one of the worst experiences of my life but you know what I'm, I'm surviving and I'm making it through. So that's what I thought every single time. I was like, this really sucks. I just kind of like, almost was just like, oh, it's just part of it is, you know what? Like, this is, this is what it is right now. And I'm going through this time and I have to just deal with it. And, um, I ended up not failing any of my classes that semester. Surprise, surprise. Was so freaking surprised. Like, yeah, I got C's, but, like, I was so proud of those C's because, man, can I tell you, like, this was the hardest point of my entire life that I've ever gone through, and I still came, oh, on top, and, um, with my grades, and so, but here's the thing. How did I actually, like, get out of this rut? What was it that pulled me out of this, this rut? So I had left my photography business back home and I really hadn't been taking any any doing any photography in Hawaii at all. Um, There was just not the same like, you know, niche there and just no real no no like competition dancers or anything like that. I mean, there are some that I know, but like that it just wasn't as much and nobody had really hired me out there. So then I was like, all right, well, it's nearing the end of the semester. Um, I'm going to go home. And when I go home, I can book some shoots while I'm home. So um, I was like, that'll be fun. And then I also started thinking about like, oh, what if I get like a new camera? Because here's the thing, when I am like feeling low or when I'm in like th- like the lowest point of my life like when I was at the lowest point of my life like the one thing my mind tries to do is create is get creative and because that pulls me out of that horrible feeling it, it just lifts me up so naturally my brain was thinking about photography again and was like all right I need this I need this again like I need this to to lift me up out of my, um, out of the state. And so I started thinking about how I could, you know, immerse myself in, in that, because right now it was the only thing that was getting me excited about anything. Like I just, I wasn't happy about anything in life at that moment. I just was not excited about anything. Wasn't excited about going home, um, but now I was because I was like, you know what, I'm going to book some shoots and I think I should get a new camera because my old camera, um, was a Canon Rebel T3i. So it, obviously it wasn't one of, one of Canon's professional, professional cameras. Um, but I was like, you know what, that'd be really fun. Cause I started to like, like, watched some YouTube videos about cameras and I just really educated like I spent my time educating myself about cameras and lenses so I bought a camera and I bought a lens and I had it shipped to my house in California. So this was kind of the start of um how things got better for me. Um and I was like making things for myself to look forward to, making things for myself to be excited about and um and whenever I was like, well, there's nothing really for me to be excited about. I'm not really excited to go home. I would just think about my camera that was waiting for me. And another thing that kind of brought me out of that rut is I did have ambassadors. Before I left, um, I made ambas- I like found some ambassadors and we had a shoot. Um, and I started to think about them. They were like 11, 12-year-olds who um, looked up to me and I was just kind of like well like that's that that's one thing you know like that I cared about Um, if there wasn't other things that I cared about I mean I cared about my ambassadors back home Um, I wanted them to have someone to look up to and not have you know if they knew what I was like right now it would just be kind of sad so I wanted to you know I wanted to pull it together for them. I felt like I needed to do that. And, um, I knew they would be happy to shoot back home. And I just started to think of, think of a bigger, bigger things. You know, it wasn't all about Hawaii. It wasn't all about my time there. It wasn't all about the sorority. Like I had forgotten about what makes my soul the most happiest. I forgot about what I love to do. Um, I forgot about, um, this whole life that I actually had back home, um, That actually, you know, I wasn't looking forward to going back home, but I was looking forward to this, to seeing my ambassadors again and to starting this, a new journey with my new camera. And so I started booking shoots while I was in Hawaii. I was booking shoots for winter vacation. Then this thought came to me one day where I was like, you know what? I honestly don't know. Like my life here sucks do I really want to keep going to this university for the rest of my four years of college? And so I talked to my mom about it. And she at first she was like, well, this was your dream, you know, like, do you really want to leave it? Um, And well, I was like, really, like, I was kind of sad about it at first. I was like, yeah, well, it was kind of my dream. But when I was thinking about how my life was at that moment, I was like, you know what? I really don't know how I could stay here longer, like for four more years. And so I decided, you know what? We aren't going to stay here for four more years. I'm going to go to a school in California next year. So I decided that. And then um, I even texted one of my dance teachers about it. And she was like, that's totally fine. People do that all the time. Like They change colleges all the time. So I was like, yep, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to stay here for four years. And that kind of made me feel better. But then I started to think, all right, well, you know what? I don't even know how I'm going to get through next semester. So things are really sucky here. I have no friends. I honestly don't know how I'm going to get through next semester. So I started thinking that and I was like, well, what if I don't come back next semester? And I honestly was juggling that idea for a long time because I thought, well, what am I going to do? Like I, if I stay back home in California, like I really didn't like my life back there. Um, I just, I just want to feel better. I want to be happy. So I don't know what's going to be best for myself. If I can, you know, pull it together and make myself, my life better here. I don't know if I can do that or if my life will be better if I go back home. So I remember, um, my RA Lane, if you ever listen to this, shout out to you because honestly, Lane was so helpful in helping me talk out through, talk through this, these things. And she, she cared about me and she was always, she was, helps me think about, oh, well, you know what? Like she was, I told her about my passion and I told her about my photography and what I wanted to do with it. Cause I was starting to just realize like how much I, how much it made me happy and how much it was pulling me out of my rut and she was just telling me you know what like you like that is so cool like you I'm all for following your passion like you should totally do that and so but she was like helping me think through what I should do with going to like you know staying or going next semester and so um I ended up deciding the week of the last week of um that semester that i was going to go home for good and i really i really did not know what i was going to do i was like this really sucks like you know what maybe i'm done here you know like maybe i will go home and um honestly like i was looking forward to um my photography back home and um it was just kind of like taking on a new kind of, a new meaning for me, um, a new, it was, I was starting to realize that my photography was truly what I needed to be doing, because, um, my business, it meant so much to me, and I didn't realize that until then, that it was really what was saving me out of this rut, and, um, On my 18th birthday, I actually left this out. On my 18th birthday, um, it was November. um, Actually, the day after my 18th birthday, I went out with um, actually one of the only girls who still talked to me, not from the sorority, but she was like my next door um, dorm person. And she went with me to go get a tattoo and I was like, I know, I never thought I would get a tattoo, but I really thought, like, I felt like I wanted to get one because of, like, everything I had gone through and just everything, like, you know, it was going to be, like, a tribute to that. And, like, I, my tattoo, it's on my ribcage. It says, um, well, actually, the reason why I wanted to get it on my ribcage was because my grandbig had one on her ribcage, and I thought that was really cool. And even though she wasn't talking to me anymore and I felt, like, left alone completely, I just still... Really looked up to her and was like, you know what? I always wanted to get a tattoo on my ribcage because of her, and so I did. And it says, "Do what you love." And the reason why I chose that was because I realized that doing what I loved, what was what saved me, and realizing what I loved and making sure I kept that in my life and bringing brought it back into my life, that was what really saved me and what made. Turned my life around. Um... I actually love my tattoo to this day. I just think it's so. It has such a bigger meaning to me than just you know when other people see it, it says "Do what you love." Oh, that's cute. But it just has such a bigger meaning to me because of this whole story and like what I went through and how doing what I loved and realizing my passion really actually saved me. So that is um, the story of my tattoo. But anyways, um, so. I decide to go back home and I end up bringing all my stuff back home instead of just some, like all my, um, dorm housemates did or not housemates, dorm mates, like, you know, and we were inside this big tower that we shared. So they were all just going back for break and I was bringing all my stuff home. And so when I got home, um, I was kind of distracting myself with my photography and my bookings. I made this whole um, this whole fa- fun group shoot for my ambassadors. I rented out a place in San Francisco, a studio for us to shoot in. It was the first time I ever did that. I felt so professional. Um, I was just kind of trying to distract myself with that because it was the only thing that made me feel better. And um, But other than that, like I was still really struggling with... Um, just the whole, everything that had happened, it was, it really felt like a traumatic experience for me. I felt like I definitely dealt with some PTSD. Um, It was just because some of the people that I valued the most, like my grandbag and my big, they wouldn't respond to any text of mine. And it just was really, really sad for me to, to know that, like, I just felt like, oh, I couldn't, you know, I don't know. Like, it just, it made me feel really sad whenever I thought about it. So, like, any day I would be just, like, fixing my hair or whatever and I would start just thinking about it. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about it and thinking about why wouldn't they respond and just all these other things and it would just put me in this total different mood and I would just go back to bed. So, it was still really, really hard for me. I was still dealing with um, those things, but Slowly, like, my life was getting better and I was really putting a lot into my business. I was starting all these projects and really just starting to grow and just make my business into something more than just what it was before because I had this newfound passion and this newfound just um, reason and purpose for for what I was living for. And so, eventually... Um, In March of the next year, it was 2020, COVID happened, people from my school were actually coming home anyways because of COVID, so really I just dodged a bullet by coming home and actually starting, I started school up at a community college here in my town, so I was already one step ahead of everyone else, so instead of staying there and coming home and having to um continue my classes online and pay out-of-state tuition just for online classes. I was now doing online classes through my community college because I had already decided to come home. So that was pretty cool. And um, in March, I ended up DMing my grand big on Instagram, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'd really love to talk, and um, I just... You know, like, I just, I didn't know she was going to respond because she honestly didn't respond to anything before, and she actually responded to this. I was so, so nervous, and, um, she agreed to get on a call with me and talk. So we talked a little bit, um, I just told her how my life was changing. I was actually teaching dance, um, classes at my old dance studio, Um, I was subbing for someone and so I it really was like I was living a much better life back home. My photography was just was just um exploding and it was just so much better and we so really um we just talked through things. Um I told her, you know, I just really don't believe in what the sorority was doing and I really truly think it was hazing because after being um, kicked out of the sorority, basically, I was able to see like that was, that was hazing. Like it was mental hazing. Like it wasn't like physical hazing, obviously, but it was completely hazing. And a lot of those girls didn't think that. And I didn't think that when I was going through it, I definitely thought it wasn't hazing, but now I could completely see that it was And I brought that up to my grandbag and told her, like, I really don't think it's right. Like, why do you, how can you believe in it? And in a good way, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, how can you, like, like, I wasn't, like, mean about it, but I was just really genuinely curious. And she was explaining to me about how, like, it may, it's, it's, the process is there so that because they know it changes, it makes people, um, stronger. And I was like, well, And, and she was like, well, I know, like, I know it made, personally made me stronger. It made me a much better person, more confident and everything. And I'm like, well, there's other ways to do that. And I don't necessarily think that, I definitely don't think that making people feel, you know, putting them under all this stress and putting them in this psychological world, um, that is completely different from real life. Like, I don't think that is the right way to do it. And even if it works, like, I don't think I, I definitely do not support that. And, um, I, I just know that like today, if I, if that anything like that were to happen to me, I would trust, I would trust my feelings and I would know just because of this experience, like I would never let anything go that I felt bad about. I would never stay with it. I would never support it. Um, And that's changed me into this new person that I am today. Like, I will stand up for anything I believe. And I just know, like, even like, you know, you can't change people. You can't, um, you can't really make people believe in something you want them to believe. Like, people are going to believe what they want to believe, but you, you know, should really stand for what you believe and um to this day my big never ever um said anything to me or responded to any of my texts and like at first it was really really hard for me to deal with like I just didn't understand how she could do that um but now it's just it's it's after, like, time, if there's one, there's another thing that I learned from this experience is that time does heal, and, um, what I went through, it took me about a year to really, truly get over it and realize that, you know, there's just so many more important things in life than people who don't, you know, like, I had put my big and my grand big up on a pedestal, and I just, Thought they were the most important and what they thought of me was important, and just but really, it's what you think of you and what you want to do with your life that is the most important thing. You shouldn't just think like be upset with yourself because of what other people think of you. And um, I think what what helps me get through um, this is that eventually I realized, you know what, it was rough for my bag as well and I know that, and I know just her defense mechanism and her way to get through things was to just, you know, not talk about it and remove it from her life, and I don't, I eventually realized, you know what, like, you can still care for people and not talk to them every day or not, um, even interact with them, like, obviously, I still care for my big and my grand big, um, but I don't talk to them anymore, and it's just, It was hard at first, but now I just have so many of my own things going on, and I've just realized I've I've gained so much more confidence in myself and self worth after this. Like I went from nothing and feeling like I was inferior to all these girls and that they could control me, really, to knowing that I am valuable and every single person is valuable, and there's no, there's no reason, there's no excuse for making somebody feel inferior. Um, and, um, yeah, so, um, when I talked to my grandbig, we, um, mentioned, like, possibly getting together for coffee in the future, and I still would love to do that, but I don't know if, um, I don't know really if she, if it will ever happen or if, like, um, if it does happen what we'll talk about I think it will be like very um I think I've changed so much from this experience like literally a completely different person that I think it would go well and um I don't know if she I don't know if she's up for it still really or not but at first I was thinking like oh well like I, we probably shouldn't because I definitely took it really hard and if I saw her again I might get like really um agitated about you know how can she think this sorority process works and all these other things um but now i'm just i'm just like you know what people you can't change people and just because somebody believes in something else than you like it doesn't make them a horrible person even if it's like something like you know as horrible as that process and the sorority was like i know she's not a horrible person um she was someone, she really is someone that I still to this day think is just so cool, and, like, I would like to talk to her someday, but it's just, you know, like, it is what it is, and, um, if I end up talking to her, I'd love that, but if I never end up talking to her again, like, it's okay, because I've got so many other people now in California that I know I care for and who care for me so that's you know and especially with my my job and my business like it's truly because of this experience has truly become my purpose and my passion and it's all I want to do with my life Um, I just want to do this for the rest of my life and um, I mean I might do some other things but I just know like that my being able to inspire other girls and like letting and being this person that stands up for things that they that i believe in and stands up against wrong and just being a strong what i try to be girl boss <laughs> um i just i want to do what i love because it makes me happy and it makes me And I know that when I'm doing it, I'm inspiring all these young girls and dancers because I'm a dance photographer, in case you didn't know. Um, But yeah, so that's my story of how um, I found my purpose through photography and how it saved me and how, um, why I do what I do. Um, And also my story about my hazing experience I want to say, though, not all sororities are, like, the one that I experienced. Um, I have so many friends. Some of my closest friends, um, today are in sororities. The only thing is they are part of the sororities that are the Panhellenic ones that are, um, they are monitored by the school. So, those ones are definitely better to be a part of. Um, I would advise against any, um, local sororities or like um, co- they call them cultural sororities or they're more like a club and they're not monitored by the schools mostly. Um, I've heard this from one of my friends too. Like even in California, they have a couple um, cultural sororities and they're li- the same way as my experience. So um, the Panhellenic ones are the ones that I would go for. Um, but yeah, definitely not all sororities are like that I just happened to go through the one that was and it was definitely a crazy roller coaster um and yeah and um any if anyone has any questions about this whole experience or anything at all um my personal instagram is at claire e fabre and my photography instagram where i post all my photography is at claire fabre photo um so follow me on those and um yeah and i'm excited to be i'm excited to be starting this podcast and i'm excited to be doing more episodes about my life as a teen entrepreneur um and dance photographer traveling dance photographer because I travel. So yeah. Um, uh, Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot. I'm super happy that I was able to finally get my story out there after so long. Um, And I hope to see you in the next episode.